0: You're listening to the Doheny Podcast Network, the Doheny Eye Institute, working for all to see. Your host is Jody Becker.
1: My guest is Dr. Ann Coleman. She is an MD, PhD, and Fran and Ray Stark Professor of Ophthalmology at UCLA Stein Eye Institute, David Geffen School of Medicine, as well as Professor of Epidemiology at the UCLA Fielding School of Public Health. Her research is directed toward the diagnosis, treatment, and societal impact of visual impairment from uncorrected refractive error, glaucoma, cataracts, and age-related macular degeneration, and she studies the lifestyle limitations imposed on patients with these kinds of eye diseases and disorders. In addition to her teaching, clinical, and surgical work, Dr. Coleman is also the director for the UCLA Center for Eye Epidemiology, the Mobile Eye Clinic, and the Center for Community Ophthalmologists and Vision Health. She is a member of the US Food and Drug Administration Ophthalmic Devices Panel and sits on the board of trustees of Helen Keller International and the ARVO Awards Committee. She also chairs the NEI's National Health Education Program Planning Committee And there's more, but I'll stop here so we have time to talk. Welcome, Dr. Coleman, and thank you so much for being here.
0: Well, thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure.
1: You've been very interested in public health issues over the course of your career and launched a special initiative to reach underserved children with the UCLA Mobile Eye Clinic.
0: Can you talk about how you got that rolling? Uh, What happened about five years ago is that an opportunity uh, presented itself to apply for a grant from First 5 LA, and First 5 LA is an organization um, that was created with money from the tobacco tax on uh, cigarettes, and that money is directed towards the health and benefit of children ages 1 to 5, and so uh, we were fortunate to uh, get funding so that we could actually expand our program. In terms of getting them on the bus or doing the exam, what happens is then it's not just that you're checking the vision and you're checking them for their need for glasses, but you're actually taking a look inside the eye, uh, making sure that they don't have any eye diseases. And in children, usually uh, those eye diseases are uh, very different from what you see in adults, Uh, but children can have glaucoma. Like you see in adults, uh, children also can have cataracts, and they can have uh, tumors in their eyes. And so it's um, picking up these different diseases that could be impacting the child's vision, but also their life and uh, future lifestyle.
1: So I'm curious about the logistics because LA County is huge. So can you talk about how you created a map of where the clinic should be going?
0: For the children, um, we would go to the preschool, starting with the Head Start programs. And so we really are funded, and also our mission is to serve L.A. County, and it is a huge county. And so uh, we tend to choose schools and clusters, and the bus goes there for the day and then comes back um, at night and is then um, housed at UCLA on the campus. And so in terms of choosing the uh, different schools, a lot of it is trying to coordinate uh, where we send the bus so it goes into the same area. But also it's dependent on the availability um, that the school system has because a lot of times, especially with the preschools, you know, they might have different programs that they're planning for the children. And so we try to fit around that schedule by coordinating it with the teachers and also the school nurses and the administrators.
1: And can you tell me a little bit about how the follow-through works as far as getting a child the help they might need? For example, if they need a pair of glasses or a further exam, how does that come
0: together? So for even the screening, um, we get the consent of the parents. And then for the children that uh, don't pass, then they go on the bus. And then it's their vision is rechecked. It's rechecked that they may need and they do need glasses. Um, and so that's all double-checked. And a lot of times there's a parent there with them or a responsible adult that the parent has given permission to be there with them. And so then the child is completely examined. And if the child just needs eyeglasses, um, through the program we provide a pair of eyeglasses for free. Now, Mm -hmm. we don't have the ability to make the eyeglasses on the bus. But what we do is we put in an order um, with an optical shop and they make the eyeglasses and then get them back to us. And about uh, two weeks, and then we get them to the preschool, and then have the child come in, and then we fit them to make sure they fit the child's face. Because as you can imagine, um, the there's a lot of skill needed to make sure the eyeglasses fit children, because just the whole bone structure of their face is different than adults, and so the optical group that we work with is very good at making Mm -hmm. children's eyeglasses, and the children can actually choose their frames and everything, uh, but we provide straps and everything to make sure that the eyeglasses stay on their face. We then um, call the family anywhere from 30 to 60 days later to see how the child is doing with the eyeglasses. Um, We also... With children, um, they have a tendency to break things or lose things, and so we also provide a replacement pair free of charge.
1: Wow. So can you tell me a little bit about the numbers, how many children are being screened, examined, how many pairs of glasses?
0: Yeah, so in the past five years, we've screened 90,000 preschool children in the Los Angeles area. And um, that means approximately uh, 9,000 children have received eyeglasses, and about um, 10, 11,000 have been examined on the bus. Or also, um, one thing that you know I was describing that we go on this bus where we have these exam lanes um, where you have a complete eye exam. We also have a different way of providing an eye exam because some of these preschools are in very small uh, communities in Los Angeles, and the streets are just too narrow for the bus to go down. It's kind of hard to believe that um, we can have such narrow streets in Los Angeles, but we do. And so since the bus can't go down those streets and park in front of the preschool, um, we actually go in with what I call a pop-up clinic. And that's where we put all of the uh, necessary ophthalmic equipment to examine a child and children's eyes in a box. And then the ophthalmologist and technician actually go to the preschool and we find a a room or some area where we set up screens and everything to block out light where we can examine the child. And so we we come to the child in the preschool if the bus can't uh, make it down the street or doesn't have parking in that area.
1: And is the clinic on the road throughout the year, or only during the school months, or sort of what's the calendar like?
0: Yeah, so the clinic, um, well, the, the mobile eye clinic and even the pop up clinics are they're available um, all year. You know, it, we do take off around the uh, winter Christmas holidays. Um, and there is a, a summer break that is taken um, during the summertime because a lot of the schools are closed. So currently now we're in the uh, libraries, the public libraries in Los Angeles County. And so since the majority of the schools are closed, um, you do have some preschools that are still opened, and you do have some schools that have summer sessions. Um, we're taking advantage of actually hitting the public libraries where we um, actually evaluate not only children, but also adults that are in those libraries.
1: So you are describing a full suite of services with many skilled professionals and doctors. I'm wondering how much it costs and how it's all funded.
0: Yes, so it can be um, quite expensive, about uh, $2,000 a day for the bus and for the operation. And that's funded uh, through the first five funds. There's also an endowment um, at UCLA that was made by an anonymous donor. And so that money helps uh, with the funds. And then there have also been other uh, extremely generous individuals and donors uh, to UCLA. And that money is earmarked for the bus and for outreach to the community. For example, one of our donors has given money for our homeless clinic that we run on Wednesday evenings with the School of Public Health and the School of Medicine with the students so that we can actually provide eye examinations and free eyeglasses for those individuals who are homeless in Los Angeles.
1: And I'm curious, have you been able to see the impacts or how some of the children have been affected by having the opportunity to have an examination and get a pair of glasses?
0: Oh yeah, I mean it's huge. I mean I think a lot of the um, children are their lives transformed because what happens is nobody's realized that they don't even realize that there are leaves on a tree. You know, they just see a green smudge, and so then all of a sudden you give them a little pair of glasses, and they they can see details from a distance. And so there's also um, a lot of thank you notes that these children write because all of a sudden they can play baseball because they couldn't really see the ball before for those children that um, need glasses to see distance. And so it makes a, a big difference in their socialization and their life and what they can do also in their learning, because even though a lot of times you can get on a computer and some of the children might be able to see it on the computer, but not be able to see a blackboard. There's still things that are done up in front of the classroom in front of a blackboard that um, require children to be able to see at distance. Um, one of the things that if you don't wear glasses for distance, it's, it's hard to realize, but people that need glasses to see at a distance, a lot of times they can't even see who's coming towards them. You know, they don't hmm. recognize a person or they can't see their facial expressions. And so that can really impact uh, socialization.
1: So, Doctor, your work with children is representative of your interest in public health issues, but I know that you've also done research at the other end of the age spectrum with age-related macular degeneration and some surprising, uh, well, I think surprising uh, results of a study on smoking. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: One of the things we found that influenced the worsening of macular degeneration was cigarette smoking, And so, you'll have um, individuals who are still smoking at 80 and 85, and that's associated with worse macular degeneration. And interestingly enough, we found those women who quit between 80 and 85, their macular degeneration actually slowed down in terms of its progression. And so, uh, the finding was is that it's really never too old to quit smoking. I think a lot of times individuals think, well, I've been smoking 30, 40, 50 years. Mm -hmm. What difference does it make now? But by quitting, even when they're in their 80s, it actually can make a difference.
1: Doctor, keeping issues of awareness about eye health um, in front of the public, I know, is something that you're very interested in and have been a strong advocate for. You're very engaged on the national level and internationally with your colleagues, and you also see patients. And I'm wondering if you can just give us a little bit of insight into your own areas of enthusiasm today as you think both on the population level and the patient level.
0: So on the um, population level, I'm very excited because the National Academy of Medicine came out with a report uh, last fall um, really calling the uh, United States uh, country to action to really think about uh, vision health. I think that uh, one of the things that the um, government and also the population aren't really aware of, is how important their vision and eye health is. And so um, it's quite exciting that finally a group got together under the auspices of the National Academy of Medicine and really came out with nine recommendations how we can really change the horizon for vision and eye health um, in the United States for the better. Uh, Because one of the um, concerns I've had being in public health and population health um, as an ophthalmologist is how little people really understand how important their vision is to everything they do in their life, everything they enjoy. And I think that people, um, unfortunately, take their vision and eyes for granted until they don't have them. And then at that point, a lot of times it's too late. And so... So many of the eye diseases and problems that we have in the United States today are preventable. And so it just doesn't make sense that people are still going blind in the United States in 2017. And so it's quite exciting um, to have this initiative um, for the United States to really get on board with other countries around the world to really try to uh, move the needle in improving the population's health. In terms of their vision, but also in terms of their access to um, eye care. The other thing um, that the initiative did is that for those individuals who've already lost their vision, um, trying to make society more aware and uh, friendlier to them, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, they're buildings that are dimly lit. And if you're having problems with your vision, you just can't see the contrasts. You can't see the steps, you know, you really have a hard time navigating, and if it was less poorly lit, um, you'd be able to move around better. And so it's hopefully um, an opportunity to get individuals like architects and individuals who are designing parks to really think about those individuals who are visually impaired um, to make the world a little easier for them to navigate. In terms of uh, for my patients, I'm you know, excited about all of the advances that we've had in cataract surgery. I think that um, cataract surgery has become safer and safer, and I think it really can be uh, a life-changing for patients that undergo it. Um, we did a study showing that individuals who have cataract surgery are less likely to fall or have hip fractures, which is huge for when you're older, Uh, because a hip fracture can be a major um, health deteriorator um, as we age. And so um, it's great that uh, getting better vision really can help people uh, navigate their world better and prevent that. It's also um, a lot of excitement in the field of glaucoma in terms of the treatments that we have available today. Um, For decades, uh, we've kind of done uh, many of similar surgeries, And so today um, we're kind of fortunate because we have uh, procedures that are associated with um, less uh, adverse effects. And so it's quite exciting to be able to offer that to my patients.
1: Dr. Ann Coleman, thank you for sharing all these real life examples of the profound importance of taking care of our eyes even before something goes wrong. I hope
0: you'll come back. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me so much. The Doheny Eye Institute, at the forefront in eradicating eye disease for nearly 70 years, is dedicated to providing state-of-the-art clinical services and supporting leading researchers in the quest for treatments that stabilize and improve the precious sense of sight. Doheny is now affiliated with UCLA Stein Eye Institute, For more information about our doctors and their innovative work in the quest for better vision, visit our website, Doheny.org.